0: Purdue football, Uh, Boilermakers in action on Saturday at Northwestern, and I'm sure you know the final score by now, 24-22, to Uh, Purdue comes out a winner, Uh, J.D. Dellinger hits the 39-yard field goal with three seconds uh, on the clock uh, to give Purdue uh, the victory, and it also gives the Boilermakers a two-game winning streak uh, for the first time. This year keeps their bull hopes alive and those bull hopes remain slim, uh, cause you have to go to Wisconsin, uh, in a couple weeks, but what's the people on Twitter keep sending me this thing, um, this, uh, gif, I guess it's what it's called, a picture or something where it says, so you have a chance. Well. Yes, Purdue has a chance. Purdue still has a chance to qualify for a bowl game, but in order to do that, they're going to have to beat Wisconsin. But that's two weeks away, and uh, and that's uh, the outlook for that is not going to change, regardless of what uh, Wisconsin does in its next game against Nebraska. Uh, you know, Purdue has the the off week. Uh, to get ready for for the game maybe get some guys healed up uh, maybe get another player or two back but you know this is this is the roster that you have and this was the roster that uh, that beat northwestern uh, today um, to me the most um, probably the, the most impressive thing that happened today for Purdue was again they got down early uh, they were down to Nebraska last week 10 to nothing came back. Uh, and then got got involved in uh, a four, you know four fourth quarter lead changes. Uh, then uh, Saturday, uh, once again they get down 14 to nothing in the first quarter, uh, but then they come back and they get involved again in some lead changes uh, with uh, with Northwestern. Not as many as uh, the game against Nebraska, but you know went back and forth there. Uh, a little bit in the third uh, and fourth quarter, where uh, you know Purdue had to keep responding, and you know that's you know that's the thing that you know, kind of leaves an impression with me is that uh, this team, as young as it is, uh, and it's been documented documented who's scoring the touchdowns. The freshmen are scoring the touchdowns. The uh, the streak is now up to. Uh, let's count it here. Uh, there's 17, 18, 19. So 19 touchdowns scored by uh, by freshmen. That's true freshmen and redshirt freshmen. That's consecutive touchdowns that they've scored since the, the Minnesota game. Uh, so, But you're playing a lot of young guys is the point. And they keep finding a way to come back. And they keep finding a way uh, to make the game interesting. And they keep finding a way to at least in these last two games, pull it out. Now, you go back three weeks ago in the rain in Illinois, and they got behind, and they never responded. Uh, So we're not that far removed from uh, seeing them in a different situation. But, you know, if you just keep backing up in the season a little bit, you know, you can look at uh, today's game, Northwestern, Nebraska. The Illinois game, they didn't respond after they got behind. Uh, the The Iowa game they did respond and they were probably a play or two away from you know potentially winning that game. Maryland they got out front early and just uh, and, and ran away. Uh, the Penn State game, they got behind. Uh, they settled in defensively, but it was too late and they were not really going to do anything uh, against the against that team. but um, you know when you start looking at the the season in general when and when the injuries occurred, you know, if you, you know, as players get a chance to settle in after, you know, getting in new roles, um, you know, I think that's when things have, have have started to click a little bit. Doesn't mean they're going to go to Wisconsin and win or, or beat Indiana, but you're seeing, you know, I think you're seeing a pretty good foundation for what what's to come, uh, you know, next season and the year after that, that if they can keep keep the group together. Um, And continue to add the pieces, and continue to add experience pieces. Then, you know, I I think this program will will challenge for the Big Ten West on a on a consistent basis. Uh, But uh, there's just so much work to be done before before that happens. So. you know they're get they're getting down and you know and when they got down today fourteen to nothing it didn't look good at all because it, not the fact that they got down fourteen to nothing but who was it against and Northwestern sorry their their offense was dormant uh, for a month it's been dormant all season and in a matter of two plays they had a seventy nine yard touchdown run and then the next drive they were up fourteen to nothing and uh, this you know it it, it could have. Uh, turned really ugly uh, today, but you know Purdue kept it together. Defense, you know, made some plays. Uh, Northwestern didn't, you know, Northwestern kind of settled into who they were, and that 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 helped Purdue uh, because what they did in the first two drives is not what they've been doing all year. So they kind of, you know, became they morphed into who the, who they are this year, and uh, and, and Purdue was able to. Make enough plays uh, to uh, you know to to get ahead of them in the third quarter, and then you know come back later in the game put together uh, another drive. To me, the the key play uh, of this whole game and it's not really a turning point because uh, I thought the interception Cam Allen's interception was was more of a turning point for Purdue, uh, and it's not really a play of the game. But to me where this game potentially was won was a was a third down play um, when purdue was in the red zone and forgive me for a second i'm not driving i'm actually sitting and i can look at the score sheet and tell you exactly uh, when this happened but it came on purdue's first touchdown drive in the second quarter Uh, It was a third down and five uh, from the 12-yard line. O'Connell completed a pass to David Bell, and he had three guys around him. He had three guys hit him, and he was short of the the first down. He needed to get to the seven-yard line. Well, he kept fighting and fighting and fighting and, and lunged and eventually got enough for the first down. Uh, if he comes up short in that um, in that situation, you know Purdue probably is going to kick a field goal because you're in the second quarter. and You need some points on the board, and JD Dallinger's is probably going to hit it. So you're at 14 to three. Okay, well it's better than being 14 nothing. But what that first down allowed Purdue to do Purdue to do was continue its drive, and then on um, they eventually scored. They eventually scored a touchdown. They got the third and goal and then there was an interference penalty in the end zone. They gave him a new set of downs uh, and then uh, King Daru scored from 12 yards. They had to overcome another penalty. They had to overcome a penalty in that situation. They got the benefit of a penalty but then they had to overcome a penalty a holding, I believe uh, on uh, Matt McCann Uh, but King Drew on the touchdown run started inside, bounced outside, and there was no no containment, and uh, he was able to uh, to score relatively easy. Uh, but I, you know, without to me without that third down conversion by David Bell, um, I'm not sure Purdue wins this game. Uh, I'm just he, he showed a sign, and he's he showed it most of the year, but it really came out to me. It really came out today. Just how tough uh, and physical the kid is. He, you know, after the game, he said he's not the strongest, but he's not the weakest. Uh, and here's a kid that likes to fight. And he has, you know, he's got all the raw abilities, you know, the talent, uh, the smoothness. He has all that stuff. But he's got something inside of him that will not let him quit and uh, quit on a play. And That that tells me he takes every single play seriously. And the more people that Purdue can get like him in the program, that has, you know, it's probably a special breed there that you just don't don't find in everybody. But the more you get like him, the better off you're going to be. No question about it. And there's probably players on the team that could learn from that. And, you know, here's a guy that was banged up in camp uh, had a hamstring. Or go back to the summer. He had a hamstring injury in the summer, which uh, which he said he tweaked uh, this week, and that's why he was a game-time decision. Uh, Jeff Brown announced that on, on Thursday. But uh, you go back to the summer, he had a hamstring injury. He came back from that. He couldn't start camp on time. He was probably a week late. He got through the hamstring injury, got into the season, You know, scored in the first game on the flea flicker then uh, injured the shoulder uh, against TCU. It looked bad. It looked Looked like he would be out for a long time. But fortunately, Purdue had had their first open week after the TCU game. So what happens? He's back playing against TCU. He's a guy that just doesn't stay down for long. He just doesn't. Uh, There would have to be really something serious uh, wrong with him for him not to play. And when he plays... He's in a he's in a position now where uh, he's going to make plays and he's going to fight and he's going to keep doing so. You know that I I just think that play was was key uh, today. Um, and you know Purdue had some bad plays after that. The safety uh, that O'Connell took, that that was a bad play. But I, that, I think that's a lot of inexperience there too. You know this is Aiden's first start and you know it's just it's is something that. Um, I think a more experienced quarterback doesn't do, uh, you know, I think he was, you know, quick to feel the pressure and, um, you know, just didn't really understand where he was on the field. Uh, he's in the end zone, still in the pocket. And, you know, he just threw the ball. He threw the ball away at the wrong, at the wrong place. And, you know, Purdue had to get, Purdue gave up a safety for it. And that could have been a big play in this game because you're you're down one position uh, at the end of the first half. Uh, and your defense has already, uh, or your special teams unit, has already fallen for a fake punt. So you couldn't get the ball back at the end of the first half. You know, I think Jeff Brown was trying to make something happen uh, at the end of the first half because he knew he, he wasn't going to get the ball to start the second half. And... Um, it kind of it kind of blew up a little bit on them and they instead of going down 14 to 7 they're down 16 to 7 so you're down two possessions uh, it's a big deal but you know the defense you could tell was starting to recover a little bit uh, from the from the opening two series and you know they got things uh, they kind of think you know they kind of got things straight now they gave up a lot of yardage today about 435 but uh, they only gave up one touchdown the final 49 minutes of the game, so I, I, you know I think you got to give them credit for for, for hanging in there. Uh, you know they they were on the field a long time. They gave up some drives, but at the end it's about keeping them off the scoreboard, about keeping them off the in, out of the end zone, and you know Purdue uh, Purdue's defense was able to do that. And meanwhile, um, Northwestern uh, started to give uh, Purdue a lot of cushion uh, on the the outside. So Aiden O'Connell just played pitch and catch, in my mind, with David Bell and Ahmaud Anderson and whoever else wanted to do it. And boom, 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 eight for eight, Purdue's in the end zone. You know, then Northwestern gets the ball back. Two plays, third plays, interception by Cam, Cam Allen, and then Purdue's in business. Uh, he, you know, O'Connell hits Samata Anderson, and you know, all of a sudden it's 21-16. And you felt like Purdue had control of the game. You really did. I did. I thought that they were, they they had kind of got a hold of this game. The defense had played well. They'd gotten their turnover. They'd converted on that. Um, you know, Northwestern had. Uh, Had gone for it on a fourth down on its next drive, Uh, but and then uh, later in later in the quarter, interception by O'Connell that was tipped. Uh, He he had uh, he had Horvath out in the flat that he probably should have gone to instead of uh, trying to hit Hopkins over the middle, who was pretty pretty well covered. Uh, But you know, so it went back and forth a little bit. you know, then, you know, obviously Purdue gave up a late touchdown or a touchdown early in the fourth quarter. Couldn't do anything on offense. And then their defense needed to step up and get the ball back. But Northwestern went on that long, long drive, 14 plays over seven minutes. Uh, and this is where, you know, maybe the the breaks are starting to go Purdue's way where uh, Northwestern misses the field goal, hits the upright, and Purdue's in business with 2.30 to go. And, you know, Aiden O'Connell... Took him down on a uh, game-winning drive against Nebraska, and did it again. Uh, so you give him a lot of credit. Uh, you give the offense a lot of credit. Now they were helped by two pass interference pal- penalties that were pass interference penalties. Uh, so maybe, maybe you know, at the end of the year, all the breaks kind of even out. When you when you don't think you're getting them early, but then you get them late, then eventually they do uh, they do even out. But uh, yeah, I don't know really what else to, to say or write about Aiden O'Connell uh you know he, he comes in last week you know no pressure really uh to lead to lead them on that uh game winning drive against Nebraska uh he came in with 6 for 6 you know made, made some really great throws uh but you know but if he didn't do it it was not um, you know, he he wasn't the guy that day. He was just the backup that needed to come in and, and try to try to save the game. This week was different because he was the starter and he had uh, prepared all week to be the starter, and it was on his mind all week. Um, he even admitted after the game that it's these situations are extremely stressful, and uh, he seemed a little overwhelmed about you know what what had happened this week. Uh, the attention that he had, uh, he received from not only media attention but just the attention of being a starting quarterback in the in the Big Ten and for and for Purdue. Uh, I think you know there was a lot of things that kind of that built up over the week that where he was, you know, when the game was over. I think there was a you know just kind of a you know kind of a you know you just kind of wipe your forehead and go well okay that's over. Type of thing. Now he has an open week to kind of settle down and digest everything, and then then move on to Wisconsin. But I tell you what, the 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 young man has handled everything uh, with uh, plenty plenty of poise and composure uh, on the field and off the field. He, you know, he made he made mistakes today at the two interceptions. The first one was the ball was behind David Bell, uh, and you know you just lead David on that on that throw. It, so only David can get it. And then his second interception was tipped. Uh, so that, so maybe that's not on him. But if you look at his two touchdown passes, to bell and and Anderson, uh, he put those in spots where only those players could get them. and david Me- David Bell made a hell of a catch uh, on his touchdown pass in the in the corner of the end zone. And then Ahmad Anderson uh, made made a great grab on his. And again, both those guys were the only ones that could catch that ball. So, you know, he you know, Aiden O'Connell didn't make he had fifty attempts today. They were not all not all fifty were great, but there was enough of them and you saw enough today against a good defense. Uh, against a, that's a well coached defense. It's not the best defense Purdue will face or has faced all year. But, you know, that's a that's a well coached defense that that usually gets after the quarterback. Uh, they put a lot of pressure uh, in the backfield, uh, but you know, O'Connell was able to sit in the pocket and and make those plays. And, you know, in the th- in the third quarter, the uh, those first two drives where they scored, you know, that reminded me a little bit of Nevada when they came out of the gate uh, in that game, in the first series in Sindelar, uh, led them on a twelve play touchdown drive. Uh, I believe it was twelve plays, but there was good rhythm. The tempo was just right. Uh, they went no huddle. Uh, you know the defense was playing was playing off uh, and you know when they say you're taking what the the defense gives you, that's it right there. Then Northwestern did change and started to play a little bit tighter defense on the on the perimeter. And then Purdue tried to go over the top a little bit more. And that's where they got a couple of those pass interference calls. But, um, you know, it was really, I mean, he's, you know, Aiden O'Connell has really um, stepped up. And, uh, you know, it was really, he's just done a great job so far for, for, for Purdue and from where he was to, to where he is now. And, um, and, you know, now you're just kind of curious to see how this all plays out not only, uh, you know, this year, but what does the quarterback room look like uh, as you get into spring ball? And, you know, that's something that, that can be discussed at a later date. But, you know, I think now you've got a viable candidate in there uh, that, that's going to challenge for um, uh, a starting job, which is all we need. Well, we need, we need, uh, we need some more drama. Uh, around the uh, the backside report, uh, it's become too predictable. Uh, although today was the fourth combination of the year that we've had uh, in the backside report, where uh, when they come out for warmups, uh, the, uh, the the telling sign of who's going to be the starting quarterback in Jeff Brom's era at Purdue is when they come out for warmups, who's who takes the snaps, who takes the snap from the number one center, and. Uh, this year we've had Elijah Sindelar with Victor Beach, we've had Jack Plummer with Victor Beach, we've had Jack Plummer with Sam Garvin, and now we have Aiden O'Connell with Sam Garvin. Uh, I think it'll stay that way, at least going into, into Wisconsin, uh, but it, is, uh, it adds a little bit, dr- a little bit more drama uh, to the room. But uh, you know, talked about David Bell. Just what a great game he had. Ahmad Anderson really stepped up. Here's a guy that doesn't go down easy and is always looking to score a touchdown every time he he, he catches the ball. And he he's another one that fights for yards as well. And uh, you know, I, you know, I think that that started to trickle down trickle down through this team, uh, where uh, you're getting a lot of guys that uh, are willing to hang in there. And defensively, you know, uh, they they didn't get a lot of. They didn't get a lot of sacks today. They had two sacks, and both of those were their tackles for loss. It looked like Aiden Smith, their, their quarterback, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Purdue didn't have any sacks today. Uh, they did have five tackles for loss. I was looking at the wrong the wrong team. Uh, Aiden Smith, their uh, Northwestern's quarterback, seemed to have uh, a lot of time to, to find receivers, and Purdue didn't bring uh, a lot of pressure. That, you know, they were active but not they didn't, they didn't make the play. Uh, so George Koloff just had a couple tackles for loss. Uh, he played big again. Uh, he, get, he got credited for the fumble recovery at the end when, uh, Northwestern was trying to, uh, do some sort of, you know, Stanford band, uh, or California, <laughs> California played from back in the day or, uh, where they threw it around a hundred times and, you know, try to get somebody free, but nothing happened and they fumbled and, and George uh, fell on him. But, um, you know, Purdue, Purdue didn't get any sacks today. And, uh, and their, their quarterback had a lot of time to, f- to find receivers. And, you know, that, that always works to the offense's advantage. Uh, so, you know, Purdue's going to figure out some things as a, but it, you know, it's, it's been an issue all year. It's nothing new. Uh, you know, they've gotten a few more tackles for loss this year than they have in the past, but, um, You know, they're going to figure out a way, not this year, but uh, next year, you know, trying to get more pressure in the backfield. And that was an emphasis this year, but that's when uh, you thought you'd have Lorenzo Neal taking up some space in there and maybe freeing up some other guys to to get back there. But, uh, you know, elsewhere defensively, Cam Allen. A uh, big interception, I thought, was a turning point in the game. Even though Purdue gave up the lead, still think it was a big, big turning point, a momentum builder for uh, for Purdue. Uh, and I guess the TV people uh, said that Cam Allen was the emergency quarterback uh, in case um, O'Connell went down. Uh, that they had practiced a you know a package of plays uh, this week. Uh, maybe just to get either get them through the game or get them to a point where O'Connell would come back, but they didn't need him. They didn't need that today. But uh, Cam Allen ended up with uh, eight tackles. Uh, secondary made a lot of tackles today. Uh, it's not always a, gr- a great thing, uh, but Ben Holt led the way again with 10. Uh, he made a nice play on a third down uh, in the second half where uh, Northwestern had, I think, a uh, third and short Third and one or two, and uh, he came through the line and and uh, you know uh, didn't didn't let the, the runner uh, get to the the, the, uh, the first down. You know I, I think uh, Brandon Thiemann probably got credited for the tackle, but you know Ben Holt made the initial hit that that forced him the punt and it gave uh, Purdue uh, the ball back. So you know all the all the game time decisions coming into today: Jackson Anthrop, David Bell. Uh, Samisi and Corey Trice, they all played. Although Anthrop didn't return kicks, he did return punts. Was involved in the offense, maybe not as much as he normally is, but uh, was definitely in there on that last drive when uh, uh, Purdue got the game-winning field goal. Uh, he caught a pass for for 10 yards. Uh, so um, you know, Purdue's you know guys are are banged up and they're playing, and that's that's a good sign. Uh, just for the overall makeup of the team, and then you know, I think you got a, you know, there were probably some questions uh, as this was developing, um, because once Purdue got the second pass interference penalty on the um, on the final drive, the second one that moved them to the 24 yard line, um, Jeff Brown basically decided that at that point he was he was lining up for a field goal. And even though they were going to go, they were going into the wind um, and, uh, you know, Brom had decided he was going for a field goal. And um, it, it reminded me a little bit of what Matt Nagy did for the Chicago Bears a couple weeks ago when they were playing the Chargers, when there was a lot of time left, not a lot of time left. There was probably 40 seconds left. Uh, He had a chance to get closer and decided not to get closer. Um, And. Uh, Obviously, the the guy ended up missing the kick. Um, So I I could see where the second guessing in that would come come into play or first guessing, depending on when you said it or if you said it at all. Like, try to get closer. You know, Purdue did run the ball. But I I think at that point, Jeff Brom was more, uh, more willing to trust Dellinger's leg as opposed to putting his young quarterback in a position uh, of not making a mistake, um, you know, I you know, I think that's uh, he was Jeff Brown was not asked specifically that question, but in my mind that's how it that's how it looked. He had more confidence in um, Dellinger making that kick, and JD's had a great year kicking the ball. He's now 8 for 8 inside 39 yards. But the number of touchbacks that he's had, just how he's handled that position all year. But I don't think he wanted to put his young quarterback in a position of trying to make a throw where you can get sacked. Uh, there are bad things that can happen when you throw the ball. Uh, but making maybe making the wrong read that turns into a turnover... Um, and I, you know, and I, I think it was, you know, the fact that it worked out makes it the right call. But I thought it was the right call at the time to uh, put your trust in the in the leg instead of the instead of the arm and the mind of, their, uh, of O'Connell. Not that he can't do it because he's proven that he can. But um, you know I, I think that was, I think, you know, as it turned out, obviously it was the right call. But I, I still think it. You know, I think that's a situation that he would probably do again in the same circumstances. Now, if is the quarterback, if Jack Plummer's the quarterback, obviously if David Blau's the quarterback, it's probably he's probably he looks at it a little differently. Uh, he probably those guys have enough experience uh, to know at least Cindalare and Blau that if it's not there, where to where to go with the ball and. Uh, you know, maybe Plummer doesn't have all that experience yet, but O'Connell definitely doesn't. And I just don't think he wanted to put his young quarterback, uh, in that, in that situation. Um, and just kind of ride the leg of, of, of J.D. Dellinger. And, you know, again, it worked out. So it makes it a, makes it a good decision, uh, from that standpoint. And, um, you know, again, I, I thought it was, uh, the right move. Uh, it had been, uh, you know, I think he, he probably could have got a little bit closer. You know, you can always get closer. I don't think there's any question about that. You can get, you can get closer, but, um, they got it in the middle of the field and, uh, JD was able to, uh, to kind of use the wind to his advantage a little bit and let it flutter up there. You know, my view of it, you know, you couldn't really tell initially, but then when I saw the TV replay, it was, it was pretty much down the middle and, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a good kick, and again, he's had a great year. He really has uh, in, in kicking field goals and with his touchbacks and just the kicking game and in general. And it kind of saved the uh, the special teams from another black mark uh, today because you know they gave up the the fake punt, um, and you know that that you know that second week in a row that uh, special teams is kind of. Uh, not been a strength because they had a couple punts blocked against Nebraska. Then you have the fake punt run on you today. Uh, so that, you know, it's an area they, they got to get cleaned up, but they've got time to do it. They've got time to, to, to get maybe some more guys back healthy, uh, before they play Wisconsin. And, you know, basically it's going to come down to this game and they've had one game seasons, um, you know, for the last couple weeks and they've been able to win and, don't don't stress yourself out going back thinking well if Purdue would have beaten Nevada if Purdue would have beaten uh, Illinois uh, don't don't do that uh, it just it'll it'll drive you nuts and there's just no there's just no reason to to to, to punish yourself uh, like that Purdue did not beat Nevada Purdue did not beat Illinois and this is why and that's why they're in this position right now. And you know they started 0 and 3 last year. They were able to get out of that hole, um, and it, time will tell if they can get out of the hole that they they put themselves in uh, this year with this with this roster. Um, because you know the guys, majority of the guys that are playing right now. You know outside of your David Bells and your George Carloftis's and uh, you know some of your offensive linemen and, and defensive players. You know, it's not the team that that started the year. And so there's been quite the transformation. And to still be alive for a bowl bid at this late in the year with the number of injuries that they've had, um, you know, shows that uh, the coaching staff is still doing their jobs, the players are still doing their job. And although it doesn't look pretty all the time, and there's moments in games where you wonder, but, you know, that's why you – uh, that's why you play the play the 60 minutes the way that you, the way that uh, it's designed to do, uh, and then you know you see what happens at the end. Well, we appreciate your time uh, stopping by the uh, the the Boilers Extra podcast. Uh, hopefully get back next week uh, and get with Sam King. Uh, he covered the basketball game uh, with Texas as Texas won that game 70 to 66. Uh, hope, hope to get with him early next week and put together a, a podcast, a football basketball podcast, uh, and, and talk a little bit more about basketball and where they're at. The basketball's got Marquette coming up on Wednesday in in in, in Milwaukee, uh, and that you know it's going to be a big game for Purdue, especially after what happened with the Texas game uh, Saturday night. So maybe Sam and I can get together uh, next week and or early next week and kind of. Uh, you know, give you give you our view on the state of where everything's at with uh, Purdue basketball and Purdue football. So continue to subscribe uh, to the Boilers Extra podcast. Uh, you know how to do it because you're listening to it right now, but tell your friends and your neighbors and loved ones and even your enemies. Uh, we'll, we take all kinds here. Anyway, thanks for, thanks for listening, and uh, we look forward to, if you have comments or questions, uh, email uh, hit us up on Twitter uh, or, you know, send a note or however, however you want to get your question to us or comment and we'll more, be more than happy to, to talk about them uh, on the podcast. Once again, thanks for, thanks for listening and have a great day.